Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Anarcho-Biblicalist Book Club. I am joined, as always, by my good friend Juan. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, Jordan, you want to hear uh, about my weekend a bit? I think you'll find it interesting. Yes, I do, actually. Okay, so every once in a while I go to garage sales in the more Indiana parts of Indiana. Uh-huh. Uh, the parts where there's all white people, I mean. Of course. I do that because I subscribe to the fashion called Garage Core. You know, white girls have cottage core. And goblin core. Me, a poor Latino. <laughs> yeah, that's you. <laughs> Me, a poor Latino, got that garage core going on. Of course. And what's really funny is that about maybe four dozen houses I visited, only one dozen of them had books, and all but one of them all had books that were either A, the Bible, or B, books about the Bible. <laughs> I even found a book that came with a CD that's titled, and I kid to you not, The Bible Narrated by James Earl Jones. Oh my god. Who, those who don't know, Holy is shit. the voice of Darth Vader. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Wait, and you didn't buy it? Well, I don't, I don't got a CD player. What year is it? Fuck, the man. the fuck am I going to get a CD player? I'd make a CD player to listen to that shit. You know what? I probably should have bought it just for the sake of owning something so rare. Dude! Know? We could have had... We could have had fucking James Earl Jones bits edited in here so he's reading the Bible instead of me. Ah, oh, god damn it. I'm a fucking oh, idiot. No. I should have done that. It's... That's going to be our white whale now, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was more so absorbing that, like, all these books were fucking Catholic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that reminds me of... Because that's where you're from. This type of, this type of area. This yeah, white, man. suburban... Catholic area. Yeah. So, you know, worlds collide. Yeah, absolutely. On the very few days I leave my little colored corner of Indiana <laughs> into the... What we call it. You go to my fucking... My homeland. <laughs> the fucking mostly white ethno state of Indiana. <laughs> the parts of Indiana there, I am really nervous to go to. Even more so than when I go to downtown Chicago. Not even downtown, just anywhere in Chicago, mm -hmm. really. Like, I know I have a way greater chance of dying in Chicago just from driving around. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm scared to fucking go anywhere outside northwest Indiana, dude. Damn. Flags. <laughs> no, I get it. So, uh, a couple of disclaimers before you really get into things. As always, uh, Juan and I are not uh, biblical scholars. We will get into some light scholarship, but you should take everything we say with a grain of salt, even me. And the Bible is a fucked up book. And basically every content warning that can apply uh, applies here. Especially this episode really gets into some of the weird shit. So, heads up on that. Now, Juan, what do you remember from our last episode? Can you recap for me? Well, the Bible retconned <laughs> itself immediately. True. It's like, oh, shit, sorry. That was a mistake. Yep. God kind of just stole Adam's rib from right under his nose. <laughs> the organ harvesting part did occur. This is this is true. Fucking Carl from the Red Sea just sprinkled in his uh, sexual view at the end of it. Wait, I don't remember that part. What was that again? Well, because it was the it was the story, and then out of nowhere comes out the part because Adam and Eve were wife and husband. Oh yeah, they got kink shamed by their knowledge of good and evil. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They got kink shamed. Yeah, that happened. And uh, SCP-001 now guards the Garden of Eden, which stands over Romania. That's so, true. You know, that's what I remember from it. I'd say I'd say you're right. We got creation story one, uh, creation story two, the squeakquel. 
we ended with Adam and Eve being kicked out of Armenia and the giant angel with a flaming sword guarding the entrance. So now, this episode's going to be all about the early humans, what the first humans were really up to. We're, we're basically going to go up to Noah. Uh, are you ready, Juan? I'm ready to unga boonga my way to Noah. Yeah. <laughs> and unga boonga we will. All right, I'll hit you with the first verses. Now the man knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought the firstlings of his flock, their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. So now we introduce Wheat Boy and Hunter Gatherer and, and uh, Herder Chad to the story. <laughs> what the hell is a countenance? Oh, I, I looked it up. It's basically like his head, he hung his head kind of in shame and in anger. And if you do too much of that, that's a sin? <laughs> Do they even know what a sin is yet? I think there's a concept of sins in Judaism, and this is like, I mean, and it's less so how the world of the past worked so much as it's how the world of when this was written worked. You know, the mainstream will tell you that it was Moses that came down with his high and mighty two rocks with the sins in them. But actually, the real fucking sins were started by Cain and Abel. True. Real fucking trendsetters right there. Oh, man, the first sin was fucking eating fruit that you weren't supposed to. It's kind of, it's kind of how, like, Sex Pistols get all the credit for starting punk, but there were, like, bands in Detroit that were already doing that shit ten years beforehand. Yeah, damn. The, the, these are those deep-cut sins. The, these are those uh, underground sins having your countenance fall well it's not a sin yet because sin is lurking at the door when it happens and it wants you and it's coming oh okay <laughs> i love how god is also just like look you're offering with shit why are you mad at me because you did such a bad job <laughs> <laughs> really it's your fault if you think about it yo god's uh that's a spoiled brat <laughs> God is kind of just a fucking brat. He's very entitled. <laughs> and I think kind of like we established in the last episode, you know what, even if you said I probably shouldn't say this, he is kind of a young god, because I have no evidence that he isn't just young. True. Everything was just created. You know what, kind of entitled, he hasn't really fully been developed yet, He's learning. so I'll let it slip. I mean, like, even if he was fucking alive for eons before, you know, this is his first time working with humans. Yeah, maybe he just thought, you know what, they got thumps. I figured they, they do a better job. <laughs> nah, God. You have yet to realize how lazy we can get. Oh, boy. and Oh, boy, do we. All right. Uh, so so I, I'm ready to see Cain just sort of take this lesson from God, from this spoiled God, and just sort of roll with it. And just sort of really just pick himself up, not let that sin in. Let's see, let's see what happens next. I, I'm ready for the next bit. Will the fictional character learn his lesson right away? Like they always do. Lesson. Yeah, I. You know what? I this Kane guy. I I feel like I feel like we're gonna get a lot out of him, and I feel like he's really gonna turn it around. Let's see what verse eight has to say. 
Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh. That fucking hit. I just, I literally reacted as though somebody just gave me a left hook. <laughs> that hit me re really fucking hard. Huh. <laughs> you sure did, didn't you? Okay, go on. <laughs> then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and anyone who meets me may kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who came upon him would kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord, and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. That was already metal, the way it was written. Yeah, very metal. But literally, God's punishment to Cain for killing Abel is... Immortality? <laughs> At the very least, never to be murdered. Okay. I don't know if he's immortal, but he will be avenged sevenfold, if you will. Which, yeah, is where that comes from. I don't like that, Ben, so I never asked where it came from. Ah, gotcha. Understandable, have a good day. Oh my god. Humanity literally just got, like, a break from disobeying God. And then, a moment God turns his face yeah. away. They just start killing each other. Which is the most realistic part of this book. They're already on fucking thin ice from the from the fruit eating. Like, I feel like he got a lighter sentence from this than from fucking eating some fruit. In God's book, it looks like murder is not as serious as eating of, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, basically. I feel like God's American in that way. Damn. Because, <laughs> like, oh, you know, you kind of you said this bad thing about these people you know shame on you and we will kick you out of the country for 20 years Who, who's charlie chaplin mm -hmm. you say a bad thing about a president you're banished for 20 years but uh if you go kill some just random people out in the middle of vietnam or afghanistan yeah that's murder is okay but looting <laughs> that's 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 a death sentence yeah american sniper he in his memoir he wrote that when hurricane katrina hit he stationed himself outside of new orleans and it just started shooting whoever went into a store and stole some stuff. You know, while well, the hurricane was still on and the floods were still going on. And people were praising him for just randomly shooting people that were, you know, probably in fear of their lives. But, you know, they stole something from Walmart, so yeah. that's what that sense. But him just killing people, that's all good, man. Good job. Yeah, the more I learn about Hurricane Katrina, the more I fucking sympathize with Kanye West in that one clip with Mike Myers. George Bush don't care about black people. George Bush sure didn't care about black people. Alright, that's Kanye West 1, George Bush 0. Alright, next verse. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and named it Enoch after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Arad, and Arad was the father of Mahuyael. 
And Mahuyael was the father of Methushael. And Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zilah. Ada bore Jabel. He was the ancestor of those who live in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jabal. He was the ancestor of all who play the lyre and pipe. Zilah bore Tubalcain, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. The sister of Tubalcain was Nama. Now, usually I'm going to plan on skipping lineages. I do this, I've already, like, scripting this episode, I've already, like, skipped, like, five lineages or something. But this one tickled me, just because those who live in tents and those who play the lyre and the pipe are all just descendants of this person, <laughs> of these people now. Yo, Jubal is my man. I play lyre and pipe. Dude, you're fucking Jubal reincarnated. And I also play pipe. Ooh. He means drugs. Shit, it does. Fuck. Well, I did, I'll do that too, for a price. Uh, donate to my OnlyFans if you want to see me do crack cocaine. <laughs> oh shit, that, I was wondering what you were thinking there, what you were going for. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the importance of this to the Bible? Why do I care what these lineages are? Oh, I sure don't. Because it, it before this, it was written like a very storytelling way. And then he got to some really dry academic text here. Yeah, there's a lot of lineage in this. Um, lineages are generally important to the Bible just because certain people's lineages turn out to be important sometimes. Like, I come at this from a Catholic background. Basically, like, something that was important for le- legitimizing Jesus in the eyes of, like, tradition. Basically, more than one gospel has a lineage of Jesus going back all the way to Adam. And so it just sort of, like, traces down these... You know, there's, there, there's, you know, videos and scholars who, like, dissect the specific lineages that each one gives, and I think there's, like, a couple of different ones. But yeah, I mean, lineages are an important way of, like, giving legitimacy and, like, showing how people are laid, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, two more questions. Are these lineages, are, are they used in, like, the fight between who owns the Holy Land? Um, I think... Is, or is, does that basis come from something else entirely? Um... I mean, these lineages are kind of something in, uh, like, Islamic versus Christian slash Jewish tradition. Because, you know, there's a... Next episode, we'll be talking about Abraham. And his two sons is where, like, in theory, Islamic and uh, Jewish traditions sort of separate. There's a lot more to it than that. But, like, basically, Muslims put a lot of uh, emphasis on one of Abraham's kids and Christians and Jews put a lot of emphasis on the other kid. Now, the second question. Is the Enoch that came for the same Enoch that wrote the Book of Enoch? Well, he certainly didn't write or it. Is it the same figure? Um, I think there's actually another Enoch in these fucking lineages that is the one who... Because specifically there's a line coming, or maybe I skipped it, that says like, and someone beget Enoch who walked with God. And that's the Enoch that that book is from but i don't know if it's this enoch if it didn't say that he walks with god i don't think it's this enoch no it doesn't, no, it doesn't i don't think so that. damn enoch son of cain i know right you are literally nobody you didn't walk with god didn't do bye bye the the lineages don't really interest me i'm skipping more than one in this basically all right good because i don't want to remember these lamech said to his wives ada and zillah hear my voice 
You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another child instead of Abel, because Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, his name Enosh. At that time people began to invoke the name of the Lord. This is sort of going the way of that second story where there's just sort of little weird details in there, like the invoke the name of the Lord bit. So is this all building up to somebody killing Cain? Uh, <laughs> we'll have to see. All all I can tell you is that... 77-fold, damn. But it, no, yeah, I mean, there's just like we, these weird little details. I'll spoil it and say that it doesn't really go anywhere. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. There, there's so many little details in there that just sort of don't add up to much <laughs> i know where from software gets her writing philosophy <laughs> i know right just little lore bits here and there that like don't necessarily here is smoke lord of blood <laughs> and here is all the lore surrounding him i killed him what happens now <laughs> nothing well what was his purpose <laughs> nothing did did i change the course of the no but you have slain Moke, Lord of Blood. Well, this feels kind of empty now. Yeah, that's basically this, except minus the killing. Bro, that would be a fucking good From Software game, is just going around and killing all these random primordial humans from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what's funny is that for Elden Ring, uh, From Software did hire George R. R. Martin to write the backstory, I guess. Not necessarily write the story, but the backstory mm -hmm. from which they built the game from the ground up to. And looking back at it, it does have a lot of Christian imagery, which is really funny because why you always all this money hiring George R. R. Martin, where you have just all read the Bible yourselves. No, that's what they pay him for. I mean, who's going to read the Bible when you can pay someone else to read the Bible? Oh, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> like us. That, that, that's the market we're trying to get into. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're true, you're right. I shouldn't be judging. But yeah, I mean, there's a giant tree in Elden Ring. God's chosen in Elden Ring is in a crucified form in church to church. There's a snake that uh, tries to tempt you to commit blasphemy. It's a lot, it's a lot of Christian-like stuff in there. A whole race of people that are in Exodus from their from their native land and have to travel back with the guidance of God. Yeah, they could have just read. They could have just read the Bible themselves. Yeah, shit. And so now we're posting from to you from software. Just read the Bible, make a game out of it. It would be Do awesome. It. Okay, now we're going to skip past a little bit because there's lineages and that's boring. Basically, Adam is basically Adam is the father of Seth, who is the father of some other people. Dot dot dot. Uh, then we get to a guy named Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But this is where Enoch comes in and the the supplemental fan fiction of the Book of Enoch because Enoch is one of those in between people who walked with God. And also, they're all living to be, like, 800 years old. I should mention that. Wait, so, like, all, all the children that sprang forth from, and grandchildren and blah, 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 that sprang forth from Adam are, like, living 800 years old? Yeah, I think Adam lives, like, 999 or something weird. So, we're talking about just thousands of years yeah. of lineage before anything really happens. You know, my bad, I was, talk I was talking shit about humans, but it turns out that for the longest time, they did just fine. It was just a rocky start. Yeah, damn, we still haven't... We've gotten back to pre-agrarian heights, but we haven't gotten back to pre-agrarian lifespans, it turns out. Shit, maybe maybe all those pastors are right. Maybe we just need Jesus to live longer. <laughs> uh, 
So if there's one thing we can get from the text so far is that humans are off to a good start. But now things, according to the Bible, are starting to go downhill. God's starting to not be so happy. Because this section is titled, The Wickedness of Humans. Are you ready, Juan? Well, what a way to poison the well. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Well, thoroughly poisoned, we will begin. When people began to multiply on the face of the ground, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were fair, and they took wives for themselves, of all that they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever, for they are flesh, their days shall be numbered one hundred twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went in the daughters of humans, who bore children to them. These were the heroes of old, warriors of renown. So this is the Bible having a normal one. Real real normal verse here. They were just having harems, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, this like... Bible scholars think of this as, like, one of the weirder verses to just, to happen. <laughs> so, who are the Nephilim? Because I've heard them described as giants. I've heard them referenced in metal songs. What are they? Uh, well, there's a very good Trade the Explainer video that I will plug for a full explanation. He basically says that they are likely, like, demigod heroes of old. This whole section is another allusion to the polytheistic origins of Judaism. You know, the sons of God are here, and they're, you know, having sex with humans and making babies. Oh, look, another retcon. Yeah, I know, right? But basically, it's thought that the sons of God were sort of what we would think of as gods, you know, lowercase g. Yahweh might have had, like, a primary role in there as, like, a leader or as, like, their father, for example. So, like, their version of Hercules, you know, it's kind of like, kind of a god? Yeah, basically. Demigods, yeah. But still killable? I, I think it's thought, like, Gilgamesh is one, for example. I don't know, there's a lot to unpack in there, and I highly recommend going to watch that video, but... Yeah, it's... This is just the Bible having a so, normal one. So this just one little paragraph just mentions the Nephilim and how they were heroes, words of renown. And instead of telling those stories, they decided to waste all that time with all those lineages. I know, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck are they heroes of renown for? Tell me. Like, this is the fucking, uh... <laughs> this is like that writing tip where it's like, is this the most interesting time in your character's life? If not, why aren't we seeing that? <laughs> like, they're showing the, like the the lineages but they're not showing any of the cool stuff that happens in those lineages like enoch walking with god or the nephilim or anything i also just love the you know every sentence in here is just a weird little extra tangent or i i just love the bit also where it's like my spirit shall not abide in mortals forever for their flesh uh they will only live 120 years now and that just like i think that just like doesn't happen I think, like, Noah and all of his descendants lived for more than 120 years. They, they, they hadn't had a standard unit of measurement yet, so you could have just kind of been a bit off. Just to say know? how long a year is in an agrarian society. But seriously, it covered fucking harems. It covered the Nephilim, heroes of old. And it just, all these interesting things it could have told. It just puts it all into one paragraph and just doesn't expand. <laughs> Thank you. 
Bible for being so fucking boring. This is why Christians are diminishing in numbers. I mean, that and the uh, disillusion with organized religion, but... I mean, let's be fair, the Bible's boring to read, which is why there's not a whole new income of Christians, because nobody's reading the fucking book. I mean, I don't know if the Bible's boring to read. At the very least, if you read it, I think reading it like it's sacred is boring <laughs> to me anyways. I just sort of... Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I completely take back what I say, because this is really interesting, but I will read more interested in what it's saying in that passage than, like, the last three pages that we skipped where it was just all lineages. We're getting to the interesting bits. <laughs> the Lord saw that the wickedness of humans was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humans on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the humans I have created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, never mind. This thing, this shit's not boring to read. Yeah, no, we're, we're picking up, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking this is some Warhammer shit. This is just, uh, the, it, it's getting a little fucking metal. God always here with the fucking propor proportional responses. <laughs> well, what the fuck did we do? Uh, did we just kind of we just kind of had kids? We were be evil. Evil continually. What the fuck did we do? Honestly, he doesn't fucking nip the first murder in the bud, and then the s second murder, and then he just is surprised that things kind of go to shit. Again, referring to back to when I was first catching on to this and why I became an atheist. Like, supposedly, why am I going to worship this fucking god that's so indecisive about what he wants? He's clearly not omniscient. He didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah, you know, you know, sometimes a god's just got to change his mind. Sometimes the all-powerful, all-knowledgeable all being thinks he's wrong and then changes what he's going to do with, uh, with the souls of those who he created. Well, I fucking love this, first calling some of them, you know, warriors of renown. And then from that going to, I'm just gonna fucking commit exterminatus on Earth. <laughs> yes. He's, he's, he's doing an exterminatus, you're exactly right. Oh my god. Let's <laughs> uh, keep going. <laughs> I'm in for a fucking ride here. Now the Earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the Earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the Earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its way upon the Earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. And then he gives directions that no one but Ken Ham really cares about. It's kind of boring. I'm going to skip it. For my part, I am going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wives, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female." So God says to bring food and stuff too. Noah says yes. What are you thinking of it so far? How, Juan, what do you think of the scheme? 
What, what do you how do you think it's gonna go? First, I want to say that there is a song called um, Noah by a, a group called the Jubilaries, mm-hmm. which came out in the 1940s, and it's just four dudes acapelling a tale about Noah. But I will argue it is the first rap song. Oh yeah, because the lead singer goes ham on those verses. He's like fucking rhyming and mm-hmm. has like a flow of like 90s rap. And this song was oh, wow. like in the 40s or 50s. Well, after the foundation was laid, then Noah began to hew and build the ringing of the hammer that judgment, the hewing of the salt that sin repent. A hundred years he hammered and sawed, building the ark by the grace of God. Yeah, yeah. I just want to draw everybody's attention to that because that sounds amazing. Second of all, talk about a really complicated plan. Yeah. Put them all on a single boat. The animals that hunt and the animals are their prey. Okay, whatever. Yeah, he seems to have had his mind set on the flood and just sort of half-assed everything else. If you're God, right? If you're that far when you like pick up something and set it aside, and then you Windex the surface and then wipe it off. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. But you're too lazy to pick it up, so I guess you get, yeah. like, this 120-year-old man and have the poor guy build a boat from scratch. Yeah, this sounds like he almost got talked down. Like, he's just, like, so mad. It's like, ah, oh, I hate these fucking humans. I'm going to kill them all. And so it's like, oh, how are you going to kill them? It's like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll do a flood or something. It's like, okay, what about the animals? No, I'm going to keep the animals. How are you going to keep the animals? What What about Noah? Ah, fine. I'll, keep, I'll make Noah make a boat are you happy <laughs> we'll put all the animals on the boat and noah the thing that talked down to him satan god damn the fucking devil's advocate he's like i don't know man what are you thinking <laughs> yeah no and then he and then god just keeps repeating himself in these verses so i'm gonna skip ahead a little more in seven days i will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights and every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came on the earth. And Noah with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean, and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, Two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded him. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came on the earth. Which, by the way, I always heard it as two of each animal, but it kind of seems like it's two male and two female. Yeah, yeah, that's what all of pop culture has instilled in me. One male, one female. You hear it's like two and two. Which, like, which would make sense, I guess. Yeah, at least twice as good in terms of just, like, inbreeding problems from that. Yeah, at least you're not going to have a bunch of, you know, genetically disordered things walking across the earth, so that's good. Yeah. Or at least you're going to be only half as genetically (laughs) mutated. Yeah, not great still to just have four of each animal, but, like, at least it's better. (laughs) I I love how it just skipped over Noah's whole journey of making the ark. And so he just did it. Yeah, it just sort of happened. No, no, I'll put on creative mode for the boat. <laughs> yeah, no, Noah's living in fucking survival mode here. All right, I skipped some more, uh, but I like this bit, so I kept it in. 
The flood continued 40 days on earth, and the waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters swelled and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. The waters swelled so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters swelled above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, domestic animals, wild animals, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all human beings. Everything on dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground. Human beings and animals and creeping things and birds of the air, they are blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those with him in the ark. And the waters swelled on the earth for 150 days. Yeah, really hitting home how much water there is. Yeah, like, I get it. Everything fucking died. <laughs> Holy shit, how many times you gotta repeat yourself? <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? What? That uh, copy pasta about the guy who wrote the uh, Da Vinci Code. Oh shit! I almost remember that. It's written exactly like that. What? what what's the premise again? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, critically acclaimed uh, writer Dan Brown. <laughs> you think we should read that real quick so people can just witness the amazing piece of art that is that copy pasta? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe look maybe look it up. Look up the Dan Brown copy pasta. <laughs> we'll put it at the end. Yeah. I was gonna say, but funny enough that. The world was its first destruction, I guess, came about the same way it was created. Yeah, damn, fucking chaos is coming, is taking over. It's a, uh, it's the unmixed waters, dude. And if they reached higher than the mountains, the the separated waters were once again mixed. Yeah. Damn. Did you just get rid of the firmament for a little bit? <laughs> Who's to say? Yo. Okay. So he did all this. This was only gonna wipe out everything that was on land. What about the fucking dolphins? <laughs> They're more twisted and fucked up than we are. <laughs> what do they get a, fa- a pass? You know what? I never thought about the fish. <laughs> to be honest, near the god. Shit, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still deep in that. <laughs> like dolphins be raping other animals. They be raping each other. They be bullying smaller fish for their own entertainment. They be doing drugs and shit. What do they get a free pass? <laughs> oh shit, you're right. Dolphins are at least as bad as people. <laughs> and they're just. The only thing that's stopping them is that those fuckers ain't got opposable thumbs. <laughs> God just looked at the dolphins and was like, nah, they're cute actually. Yeah, I guess it's because they can make a face <laughs> and like kind of like do a thing where they like backpedal in the water. <laughs> you know, we try to do a cute I guess face, Sa- guy would look at us like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I guess Satan never fucking. <laughs> never presented God with that one. Maybe that's the one that would have been like, ah, fuck it, never mind. <laughs> that was the one that would have talked God down from his wrath. <laughs> okay, I got a theory here. Satan convinced God to destroy all the people on on the earth, right? Okay. Because he foresaw that was going to be a problem when he eventually did his whole rebellion, but his rebellion was going to be from the sea up. So... He would have a whole armada of dolphins, whales, sharks, and there was nothing on the land that could stop it. Damn. But then he kind of slept through the alarm. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love how, uh... He woke up and was like, oh shit, did that happen already? <laughs> Fuck. I love how... Compli- yeah, I, mean, I guess I'll just be the most handsome angel. <laughs> I love how complicated your theory was up until that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, because the dolphin should have been gone, too. <laughs> be really funny if it was in the dumbest way possible, like... Yeah, he just kind of, like, picked them all up and just threw them up in the air at the same time. <laughs> God never suspected it. He threw them so high that, like, the waters eventually calmed down, and they didn't fall until the waters calmed. They all just hit the land. <laughs> just imagining, just like... <laughs> <laughs> just, like, slowly increasing rain of dolphins. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to thrum, thumb through the, the Bible to the part where, uh, where, the, where Satan's rebellion happens. Let me just, uh... Oh. 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 It's not there, actually. God damn it, I am <laughs> sorry, but, like, that's that's kind of the part I was most excited to hear about. And it's not even in there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I tricked you. <laughs> Without even knowing it. Whatever, I guess we'll just have to cover in our next iteration of this podcast, the uh, Anarcho-Islamist Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I wonder if we'll do sequels. I'm wondering if we'll even... I mean, I'm shit. I don't even know how we're gonna format the books of the Bible because everybody puts those in different orders. We'll worry, <laughs> worry about that later. Now let's get back to God being a fucking idiot. God being a fucking idiot. Let's go. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters abated. And in the seventh month, on the seventh day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. So yeah, I mean, looking back to that first creation story, there's a lot of wind and water in this one. A lot of wind from God, lots of lots of unseparated and then separated again waters. It looks like the the flood was coming from below and above, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, this guy is water. No, we're not we're not giving it that leeway. <laughs> but you know, if the air came in to push the water away. Where the fuck did it push it away to? Off the fucking edge? <laughs> fucking, I guess. Doesn't say the Earth's round in, in in either creation story. It just says it has a dome. Just got a firmament. That's the only that's the only thing I can think about. This is like if if the if the Earth just pushed the water off the uh off the uh, ice walls. Damn, it overflowed Antarctica. <laughs> By the way, speaking of two front wars, uh, Ararat is in. Eastern Tur- Turkey, which low-key should be Marmedia, but that's neither here nor there. So the Arctic is somewhere in Turkey. I like to think. Are there even mountains in Turkey? Yeah, I mean, Eastern Turkey at the very least. The part that used to be Armenia. Yeah, they are. All right. I mean, really, the Ark is in uh, Williamstown, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to... Thanks to... Thanks to... Ken Ham. Thanks to Ken Ham, Yeah. <laughs> Who I'm sure paid attention to those verses that I skipped. You know, I I don't know much about that 
museum other than there's a display with an ankylosaur and a little girl? Where the fuck you get that from? Uh, I, he thinks... I, I've been reading the same book as him. <laughs> I, I, and there's nothing about an ankylosaur. True. It does not say anything about uh, any dinosaur, in fact. It's almost like uh, the humans who wrote the book didn't know dinosaurs were a thing. Though they might have been useful around this time, because that way when the humans were misbehaving, God could just use the Ankylia's club tail to bonk them. <laughs> True. Fucking bonk us and send us to horny jail. <laughs> Which, by the way, I... I've I'm, I've been debating with myself whether to talk about like antediluvian uh, art and how metal and weird it is sometimes, because like I remember that one pic one picture of like fucking like giants fighting dinosaurs in like an arena with people just like screaming at them. What the fuck is antediluvian? Uh, it means before the flood, like oh. antes del deluge. Wait, so there's people that claim that like. Giant humans were fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, I, I, I probably, I think so. <laughs> At the very least, they propose it as a plausible, real past, which is well. No wonder they're warriors of renown. They fought fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, man. <laughs> fucking Gilgamesh versus a T Rex. Fucking uh, T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gilgamesh would have definitely won a boxing fight in that. <laughs> True. He's got the fucking reach on the T-Rex, that's why he wins. <laughs> At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and sent out the raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him, to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it, and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again sent out the dove from the ark, and the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days, and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him anymore. And I think the big unsung hero of the story is the raven. Everybody forgets the raven. I never hear about the raven. But he fucking went first. The raven went cracking up the flooded earth. Rap rap, what's that? It's the raven upon the flooded earth. What? <laughs> That's uh, the raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah? Oh, the crow? Should I forget? Maybe I just didn't re didn't recognize those specific ones, but I know it's about. I read it at one point. I know it's about like a raven coming and speaking to a man and saying "nevermore" every time. I fucked up the poem anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Damn, quoth the raven. Damn, I never get any credit in the fucking Bible. Everyone just loves the dove instead of me. So I will show up in the Bible nevermore. Damn, he showed up in the Bible nevermore. So is there like a significance of the? olive leaf or is it just like oh hey there's plants you can go down now there might be honestly if there is i don't particularly know i mean i know like in general the olive branch is sort of a symbol of peace oh yeah that's a, that's that's a, that's why i think i had a tip of my tongue yeah i don't know if it's a thing of showing that there is peace on the earth 
because of uh, genocide. Well, all the violent humans are dead, so there has to be. <laughs> There's dolphins, though. I guess the dolphins aren't above the earth anymore, so it's returning to a peaceful state. But also, how did the olives not die? Why did plants still exist? Any plant that isn't seaweed. Much to think about. Maybe they just weren't being violent, so they survived the flood. Huh. <laughs> did the flood only kill things that were violent? I feel like all the dolphins would have died then. Well, that was the whole point of it, right? Yeah, well, we just both established that God doesn't fucking think about the dolphins. True, but I also thought it was just a, a flood to kill anything, and he just made sure that the things that weren't violent were on the ark. <laughs> Those trees must be really dropping some mean olives then. Yeah, shit, it was just like a fucking... How many days was that? Like, fucking 150 or something? At least. I mean, yeah, that was enough time for, like, all the trees to drown. But maybe not their seed. Yeah, maybe. Who's to say? In the 601st year... Wait, hold up, did I just read that one? Yeah, it says in the 601st year. What does that mean? The first 600 years? The first year of the 600 years? I think it might be Noah's lifespan. I think it might be, like, Noah's 601st year. Okay. I could be wrong, but that's what I assume, just because I saw some number similar to that at one point. In the 601st year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked and saw that the face of the ground was drying. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, and every animal, every creeping thing, and every bird, Everything that moves on the earth went out of the ark by families. And they all took, like, a very happy little stroll through the fields of just rotten, bloated corpses. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking waterlogged corpses at that point. Like, half decayed, probably. It's a big oof. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing odor, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humans, for the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. Nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. And as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So he pinky promises never to do it again. All because of a perfume? He likes smells. Wow. Even if it takes, like, 20% of the population of the clean animals. <laughs> Wait, holy shit, it did! <laughs> I assume they maybe had, like, kids in the meantime, but, like, that's, like, a that's that's like a lot of... That's, like, a sizable chunk. <laughs> holy shit, that's the most complicated crafting recipe <laughs> ever. And to clarify, for those who don't know, with, like, the clean and unclean, um, like... That that's basically referring to the idea of like kosher and non kosher foods. <laughs> basically, there are certain animals you're supposed to eat and not eat in the religion of Judaism. 
and also like more specific things from there, which I think it gets to. <laughs> That's kind of a funny way of putting it. How do you mean? Like, it's it's almost kink shaming in a way. Oh shit! Because <laughs> I, I, if I remember correctly, it said you could only eat like the green plants, and so like if you just pick up a red apple and eat it. It's gonna be like, nah, that's sturdy, filthy. <laughs> I guess it does have some of that language. I'm not trying to, only trying to get playfully anti-Semitic here, but it's a little silly in some ways. Well, the Bible is a silly book, so let's continue. It's a silly book. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth." There we go again. The fear and dread. <laughs> Yet more. Again, I am, uh, I am, I am, uh, given the permission of God to go and start my, uh, mole man race. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. He, they didn't even understand. How could they not have understood? It's really, it's really fucked up if you think about it. Why did these ancient people did not read this in English and, <laughs> and notice that it meant literally fill the earth? <laughs> fill every little bit all inside the earth they need to <laughs> mole man religion coming soon to a uh, to church near you <laughs> the fear and dread of you shall rest on every animal of the earth and on every bird of the air on everything that creeps on the ground and on all the fish of the sea into your hand they are delivered every moving thing that lives shall be food for you and just as I gave you the green plants. I give you everything. Sorry, the the green plants. No more king shaming. No more king shame? Yeah. Only, you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. For your own lifeblood, I will surely require a reckoning. From every animal, I will require it, and from human beings. Each one for the blood of another. I will require a reckoning for human life. Whoever sheds the blood of a human... By a human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image God makes humans. And you, be fruitful and multiply, abound on the earth, and have dominion over it. So that's more kosher stuff in terms of, like, not eating blood. Also, God made us omnivorous on that day, it seems. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. It... Because that, that way it'd be really hard to be Mexican <laughs> if I weren't omnivorous. You need both. For that, for that diet, yeah. Uh, he also inscribed the death penalty in every human heart. Did he just? Did he just? Did he just kind of forget that he made humans in his own image when Cain killed Abel, and when he killed all of the other humans? God has dementia and is self-hating. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, humans were. He wasn't feeling how, that humans were as important before, but now they're sacred. And any anything that gets its blood shed, I mean, here's the thing: no blood was shed previously. Well, probably with Abel, but not with the flood, because uh, everyone just drowned and got turned into bloated water corpses. No, he saw hippie deeply and shit. <laughs> Look, he's turned over a new leaf. That's what he already said. He promised he wouldn't do it again, and in fact, he's about to promise it a little more, which we will get into now. <laughs> It's the mentality of born again Christians that were like in jail for forty years for murder. It's like, yeah, I mean, I was living a life of violence. Like now, I'm all peace and love. Which, like, I mean, good for you, but dude, 
Yeah. <laughs> then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Is the bow supposed to be a rainbow? I think so. I like to think of it as his people hunting bow, though. But yeah, he's done with his people hunting. He's done with genocides of all of humanity. He's not going to kill all of humanity with a flood ever again. Uh, what the fuck is global warming, then? <laughs> True. Well, I don't see any giant hunting bows in the sky, so I guess he's not going to remember anytime Damn, soon. He can remember. <laughs> also... Fuck Indiana Jones for making me think the Ark of the Covenant was, like, a chest Oh, it, it still is. It still is. We're getting to that. Wait, what? Yeah, that's a, that's a like, Exodus. But we get to that. This is an Ark that precedes a Covenant, but there is an Ark of the Covenant that is different than that. And third of all... They, okay, so I'm just going to assume that the bow it's talking about here is a rainbow, okay? Yeah, I think most people do, and I think it's I think it's even implied in the text. So I, 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 I'm, I, I'm good with that interpretation. So does that mean light reflection did just not exist before this? Is that why the moon needed to be its own light source? We can only assume. <laughs> there's, I think there's no better assumption from the text. But yeah, no, uh, light diffraction sure didn't exist astronomy would have been impossible i guess sightseeing would have been impossible <laughs> true bro that's why the world was black and white before there was only light or not light <laughs> <laughs> now it's separated into different spec into different wavelengths so now we are done with what gen people generally think of as the story of noah what'd you think so far what'd you, what'd you think of it god really out here giving out uh 40k inquisitor vibes <laughs> chaos has taken over this world everybody's violent so he's uh let me just blow it the fuck up all right We're... except got a little bit more creative than gw's writers and went like i'm gonna flood it <laughs> yeah you're right used a flood used chaos against itself <laughs> unseparated the waters to get rid of all of the humans who do bad things <laughs> like unlisted thing A and unlisted thing B. What an overreaction, I think. Yeah. We've done the story that, you know, I had in my little Bible picture book, for example. And my little my little, you know, kid's Bible or whatever. But oh wait, there is actually more to Noah's story. And it gets weird. Are you ready? I'm never ready for this shit. Let's go. 
The sons of Noah who were out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Fucking terrible names. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they're about to commit some atrocities, I understand. He might have been a... Yeah, he might have been a righteous man, but he wasn't a good namer. <laughs> <laughs> Those names suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they actually do have some significance. I gotta give the writer that, but we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> So he's got three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And now I'm going to start reading again. <laughs> Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was peopled. Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine and became drunk, and he lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward, and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So, yeah. You ever heard this story, Juan? This story in the Bible? I was about to be scared that this was the story where, like... I'm not sure who it is, but there's somebody just passed out. I think they, I think they were just knocked out violently in a cave, and then his daughters raped him. Oh, that's a little later in Genesis, actually. That might even be our next uh, episode, depending on the length. But so far, I mean, this is weird. Like we know, nakedness is a, some sort of evil. And True. Just like, a... Oh, we better just kind of cover him up, make sure it doesn't, make sure God doesn't see anything. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of discourse about what that means. We'll get it. We'll get into it more in a second. But we will have to consider the kink shaming angle and the and the nakedness is evil. But let's keep going. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, "Cursed be Canaan. Lowest of slaves shall he be to his brothers." He also said, Blessed by the Lord, my God, be Shem, and let Canaan be his slave. May God make space for Jepheth, and let him live in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his slave. A what the fuck? After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> such such uneventfulness for a death. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there's a lot to unpack with that. You're absolutely right. So we were just done with humanity being violent, and then he just right away creates slavery. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I, I, I'd heard a lot of this discourse before, but I just glanced to the Wikipedia page to refresh my memory. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of discourse about uh, what seeing his nakedness is all about and, like, why he got so mad. Some commenters have thought that it's possibly euphemistic. <laughs> As we said, they haven't exactly uh, considered the, the kink-shame angle and how important nakedness seems to be so far. Canon, you kink-shame me? You are cursed. <laughs> you are condemned to slavery. You and your fucking ancestors. If you will not let a man just have his wing around while he's drunk, 
that you shall now be allowed to do anything at all. No, he he wasn't letting him. He he wasn't mad at the people who covered him up. He was mad at the kid who looked. He was mad at his son who looked at him being naked, and that's not okay. You know, you know, you know what? Again, this is, maybe he's just mad for Kenny being a little snitch. Say again. It's like, oh, you 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 just wanted told everybody about my dick pic. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking Ham was the second rat. <laughs> Adam was the first. Um. So. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, like, people have thought about, like, all of the things that it could be. The fact that he's naked leads to a lot of, like, people thinking that it was some something sexual or something, like, castratory, which, like, apparently lines up with a lot of, like, I think, like, Indo-European traditions about, like, myths of castration. But 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 I think, like, in addition to, like, how weird that is, you know... There's the slavery, as you said, and, like, this verse specifically, like, these verses specifically were used to, like, justify historical slavery. There's a lot in this, uh, basically... Medieval and classical people just go around and just be like, hey, Bobby, psych, ha, now you're my slave. Oh, uh, show, showing them their dicks, you mean? <laughs> no, it was actually, yeah. um, it was actually used more so, like, in the... Basically, the, the the slavery you and I, as people living in America, have learned about. Because Ham... Because, like, basically, Noah's got three sons, and a lot of scholars generally say that they're allegories for the three continents. Ham being Africa, and, like, some of the Canaan area. Shem being Asia, you know, which is where the, we get the root word Semitic, actually. And, uh... Japheth, Japheth being uh, Europe. And so Ham, being the one who was cursed to slavery, uh, was used as a biblical justification for transatlantic slavery. But that interpretation but that interpretation yeah. is like rather recent with that, right? Like it wasn't like a hundred it wasn't like a thousand year old thing that they later used. It yeah, was just basically. something they came up while they were doing that. It was right? a, a, a way to fucking That's a stretch, I feel like basically just they, they, they got the mental gymnastics going, basically. It's like, oh, how can we enslave Christians? Oh, let's, 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 find, let's find some reasons. But yeah, I mean, sort of a weird and dark little epilogue to Noah's story that's in every, like, children's summary of the Bible. So wait, so again, you said that this kind of alludes to, like, something with castration. So what's the allegory here that a fucking... Canaan saw it, and then, like, he castrated Noah, or... So I don't know why it says Canaan specifically later. It looks like it's Ham who's actually doing it. Canaan is the father, is the son of Ham, though. Yeah, yeah, so Canaan told them, and, like, what I'm imagining is that laying the blanket over him is the same as castration. In which case, why is he mad at Canaan? Just for being a little snitch? Or... I think Canaan had nothing to do with it. I think just, like, the biblical authors... No, Ham saw it. Yeah, Ham saw it. And Ham told his brothers... Shem, Shem and Japheth took the garment. Yeah. And laid it on both yeah. their shoulders. And so he was... I don't, I don't get this. So, yeah, no, it's really weird. I get that. So, Ham saw that Noah was naked. And was like, look at this stupid asshole. To his brothers. And... Shem and Japheth did 
the right thing, I guess, and put, you know, covered him up without looking at him. Noah woke up and figured out what happened and cursed uh, Ham and his descendants to slavery. Specifically Canaan, which I think makes sense because there's, because the Canaanites later become like a big adversary of the Israelites, basically. So I think if you're looking at it like in a more historical context, that's probably what makes more sense to me is saying that specifically it's Canaan, but like, you know, the slavers of later times took it to mean just people from Africa, the descendants of Ham rather than Canaan. So, like, so were there, like, two groups of people, and the Canaanites were one. And the person who wrote this belonged to the other troop that was anti-Canaanite and just wrote that in there to curse the Canaanites? I mean, whether or not he just made that up and wrote it in there, or or if that is a uh, an older story that for which that was basically the justification, like a way to justify Isra- Israelite supremacy over Canaanites. Either way, it's looking at it with like some historical context that seems to be what it's an allegory for what it's a justification for yeah that with that historical context that makes way much more sense to me than everything else we were just explaining yeah yeah because i get i get how that would translate to this yeah yeah but yeah it's uh it's the bible having a normal one yet again uh i'm going to skip over some more genealogy even if we miss out on Nimrod and stuff but it basically goes over how uh the descendants of each of those guys shares the names strangely enough with different nations in Africa, Asia, and Europe or at least you know different different like people groups or entities in some kind as the Israelites probably writing this saw it um recommend it there's a guy named Nimrod yeah yeah it's a bit of a tangent but uh Nimrod was a great hunter, and at one point Bugs Bunny sarcastically calls M- Elmer Fudd Nimrod, and so now it's an insult. Now it's a word for somebody who's stupid. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh my god, that's such the that's the biggest like fall from grace. Ever. I know, right? <laughs> your your name is like at one point synonymous with hunting, and then Bugs Bunny fucking says a joke, and now. You're known, you're equated with stupidity. Which really speaks to the cultural power of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Holy shit, what a, t- what a terrible fate. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> That's not the only terrible fate Bugs Bunny has instilled in us. Because he also gave us Big Chungus. True. The curse of a meme that has stained the internet. And that is the biggest scourge from God since the flood. <laughs> he did not. I literally have never felt good and evil until I saw that <laughs> meme. And I chose evil. <laughs> Shit. Is that maybe that's the fucking image of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. It's just in that shape. What a what a stain upon the face of a <laughs> perfectly funny uh record that memes have. <laughs> yeah. Damn shame. Right. I'm sorry, Nimrod. I will try to uh, re-glorify your name somehow. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible. No, it's not possible, because if I try to do it, the alt-right will bandwagon it, and I, I figure it'll somehow end up to being referred to people like Kyle Rittenhouse, I feel like. So I better not even I could it. definitely see Jordan Peterson making a video about Nimrod or whatever. Before we go, I'll do one more little story. Uh, 
that's right after this explanation about all of the descendants of Noah and stuff, and that is the Tower of Babel. Are you ready, Juan? Actually, I am, because I, I, I like the story and concept. Yeah, this will be just like one last little thing before we go today. Now, the whole of the earth had one language in the same words. As they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and fire them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So yeah, it seems like a bit of a sanitation and logistical disaster, but okay. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there, over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Oh, so that's why it's called just Babylon. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's the thing picked up from here. So, literally, there were all these cheery-eyed people that were just like, we're gonna go build big buildings, because we can. And we should. And God said, mm. And then I guess they reached the sky limit and God disabled uh, chat. <laughs> yeah, no, God looked at that and was like, hmm, big building? I don't like that. Well, fuck you, God, because we built plenty more. Yeah, I mean, truly this was God's successful project. He made sure that we would never reach the heavens or make weapons that could, for example, destroy all life on Earth. <laughs> He he permanently and always fixed that problem with 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 this. I mean, you gotta give us credit. We will literally just spit on the face of God wherever, <laughs> even in his own book. Even in his own book, we killed our brothers right in front of him and ate from the fruit, <laughs> which he told us not to do, and we still did it. They all fucking love this because he like when the aliens come and try and study our history and read our literature, they'll be like, "Wow, I guess they were just predestined to just." not do what they're told <laughs> they just hate following orders damn <laughs> and they hate their brothers sometimes no wonder this place is all sort of messed up yeah this really is the fucking story of uh shitty siblings <laughs> this episode in particular yeah is there a reason why just he just hated the tower is it, it it's a it's a slippery slope something great, you know you if they make some... a tower next they might do other things. Oh, is that, is that what it is? M making a tower is really the biggest thing you can do. It, it's really, like, like nothing is hard from there. I, c I can just imagine, like, what will be the equivalent of a conservative back in those days. Maybe be like, oh, these young city folks with their tower. You let them build a tower, next thing you know, they're fucking each other in the ass. God did not intend for us to make towers. It is the, it is the path to sin. To separation. I wonder if then the God favored the York wise. Because instead of building up, they just built long wise and just made 
long-ass townhouses. We can only assume. I mean, I think this is also further uh, further support for the theory of uh, filling the earth, going deep instead of building up. God already proven that he does not approve of uh, reaching the sky limit. So now we must bury and reach bedrock. Yeah, I mean, he obviously doesn't like when we when we build up. And nobody tried building down for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know if nobody tried. But they didn't try hard enough is what I'm saying. The Russians did. But they pussied out because, oh no, the hole is too hot. Our equipment is melting. Our people are dying from heat exhaust. Oh no. Fucking pussies. Cowards. Alright, that's the end of the episode. What'd you think overall, Juan? This book is just filled with left hooks all over the place. Damn, Abel, you're not bountiful enough. Stab! And then it gives you a long, boring list of lineages, and that they were great warriors. And then God's like, Man, these people are evil, I'm just gonna wipe them all out. Then Noah saves the day with building an ark, and saving the animals... And then create slavery. <laughs> yeah, a real mixed bag, Noah. <laughs> These people get together and build a nice little town. And, and then languages are born. Yeah, I like how Noah has, just has like one, one, one rough hangover and a weird night the night before. And he goes from the one righteous man in humanity to uh, the, the person who instituted slavery. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't tell with this book anymore. It's all been left hooks since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a lot for sure, which is why, which is why we're diving in. So after this, there's a few verses with some more genealogy, starting with Shem, and it gets uh, like human lifespans get shorter and shorter over time. In it, I think we get down to like 200 years or so. Still not the 120 that God said in that one verse. But it ends with a man named Terah who had three sons, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And that is where we'll pick up next time. All right, Juan, thank you for joining me. And once again, thank you for explaining all this to me. So we'll pick up with Abram next time. Uh, Until then. Thanks for listening, people. And goodbye.